Good morning. Good morning, all of Central Texas and Brazos Valley. Welcome to Red Sea Roundup. Today is Tuesday, March 28th. I'm your host, Judy Como. Maybe I should say hostess. I don't know. Hostess with a mostess. Oh, aren't you kind. And I'm here in the studio with uh, Dennis Maka. How's it going, Dennis? Howdy, Judy. Good to see you. Good to be seen. Good to be seen, my friend. It's a nice cloudy day here in in the Bryan College Station area. I think it probably is the same in the Central Texas area as well. But uh, the uh, joy of the Lord is is in our hearts. Absolutely. We're excited to, to bring this Red Sea Roundup today and talk about some great things that have been happening. And that we do have lots to talk about. Um, I want to plug what's going to happen in our second se- segment uh, as much as possible uh, to let our listeners know that we will be talking with Tim Staples, and uh, he's going to talk about a lot of things, I'm sure, but we're going to focus on our Blessed Mother and talk about his wonderful book, Behold Your Mother. Mm-hmm. So listeners, if you have any commentary or questions about the Blessed Mother and our our Catholic faith and our questions about it, huge bucket full of information is going oh, to yeah. be available to us here. And well, I'm, I'm excited to see how energetic Tim Staples is at 7 a.m. in the morning, because that's what time <laughs> it is there in California. But I have this just feeling you're not going to be able to tell the difference between one one time or another. Tim exactly. Staples is Tim Staples. So he's always energetic and on fire for our faith. Great. So be sure uh, if anyone wants to call in, it is a live show today. You can call 85-LOVE-RED-C, 855-683-7332. That's a toll-free number. So anybody anywhere uh, listening online can call in. Even exactly. so, yeah, uh, 85 Love Red Sea. Yeah, I had some uh, conversation with my BF, Terry Lipscomb, this morning on her way to Brenham, and she was knows very well to switch over to her phone and listen to it and uh, be able to listen anywhere, anytime yeah. on our phones or on yeah. computer, go yeah. to our website. RedSeaRadio.org. You go to RedSeaRadio.org forward slash listen or click the listen online button there on our homepage. And it kind of looks like Cradio. Yeah, Red Cradio. Yes. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, one thing uh, that we uh, could talk, we'll, we'll talk about because uh-huh. I'm the hostess and I get to talk about what <laughs> I want to talk about. But uh, we um, at Red Sea have a ministry uh, called the Moses Ministry where we uh, like to take our prayer requests from anybody, and we have some of those prayers uh, that I'd like to share with our listeners, and um, ways that you could send these prayer requests in could go on the website. Go to our website and click on the prayer button. It's right there on the homepage, redcradio.org. So I'd um, like to lift up uh, someone. This is a request for someone I know who gets bullied at school. Hmm. Another request is, please pray for me that one of the two job applications that I submitted to the U.S. government is successful and that I am selected and offered a full-time job with the U.S. government. This comes from Guy. Please pray for Ted P. to be healed of pneumonia, heart disease, and all disease. Pray he gets good news from both his cardiologist and his infectious disease doctor. Pray that he be protected from complications or infections. Pray that he gets good news from his blood test and good news from all doctor's exams and tests. 
this is an anonymous request. Mm-hmm. I would like to offer a prayer for institutions like the NFL that promotes violence, alcoholism, promiscuity, and obesity for them to repent. The NFL and its place in society, <clears throat> excuse me, the NFL and its place in society is evil and promotes immoral, arrogant, and disrespectful behavior. This is also an anonymous request. Mm-hmm. And um, we have a request to pray for the Holy Souls in Purgatory from Barbara P. And a final request for my mental health, which is out of control in my depression, has overtaken my life. I am in a constant state of anxiety, and I'm barely functioning. I have made a lot of bad decisions in the last two years, and I need guidance in prayer to help me correct my past mistakes so I can move forward. I know I haven't been the person I should be. Please pray for me. I'm desperately in need of help. And this request comes from Haley. So, Dennis. Um, Shall we have a little prayer yes, for we- all these intentions and those uh, that are part of the, the Moses ministry and those other requests that have come in online and through the mail? Uh, in the name of the Father, Father and the Son, Son, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father God, we lift up to you these prayer requests those that we read, those that are on our hearts, those that are on the hearts of those listening now. We turn to you, Lord. We lay these requests upon the cross with you, Jesus, and we unite our sufferings with you. We offer them in remittance of our past sins and for the souls in purgatory. Mother Mary, pray with us. Amen. How about a Hail Mary? Hail Mary, Hail Mary, full, full of, of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if people want to go online and not only state their prayer intentions, but we would love to hear your answered prayers as well, there's a spot for that at our Moses Ministry page online at redsearadio.org. And you can either go forward slash prayer in that address bar or just click on the prayer button and you'll get to uh, find out about our Moses ministry. Donna Cody is a wonderful volunteer that heads up that ministry for us and um, leads a team of people that prays for those intentions. So it's pretty simple to be a part of the team. If you know how to pray and pray occasionally, even you don't even have to pray every single hour, you know. Maybe once a day for our intentions. Uh, it's what we're asking because prayer is very powerful and tremendously is uh, <laughs> is a, a big driver of what we do here at Red Sea Catholic Radio. Absolutely. And to be united in prayer, um, know that everyone, this radio is now being heard in a wider area with more opportunities for growth on the horizon and to know that we're united in prayer. Um Throughout the day is a, yeah. just a real gift and blessing, and we know here at the radio that that's how uh, things have continually grown and progressed. Is uh, lifted up not only in support financially, but in uh, mo- more importantly in mm-hmm. prayer surrounding all of that. So indeed, uh, and uh, along talking about growth, we had uh, a wonderful weekend of uh, dedication and consecration yeah, of the we station. Did. Uh, we did indeed. Uh, KYAR in Central Texas had our blessing and consecration ceremony on Saturday. Um, 
right before that, we uh, knew it was consecration day because all the electronics went haywire. <laughs> and, you know, it's just you're, we're tested in the ways that we need to be tested. And the uh, the devil also pushes our buttons. And he knows one of mine is electronic issues. And so our we're on a backup transmitter, thanks be to God, here in the Brazos Valley as our current transmitter is uh, <laughs> being shipped to Florida. So... Uh, y'all could pray for those electronic issues, and then we had some issues with KYAR in the middle of the night. And so, uh, thanks be to God, Darby, my wife, drew, drove us all to uh, to Waco so I could kind of work on other electronic issues and and some things. And so we had a great uh, crowd of folks there, uh, uh, just a wonderful core prayer team in support of of Red Sea Catholic Radio in Central Texas, and we had a family rosary. We had a blessing and dedication led by two wonderful priests in the Central Texas area, Father Paul Hudson from Our, Our Lady, uh, sorry, St. Mary's of the Assumption in West, and then Father John Gazaldo from St. Louis in Waco. Both came out to do a blessing with holy water and holy salt of our tower facility. I made sure that Father Paul didn't and Father John didn't sprinkle too much holy water on the electronics. Right. <laughs> they, they, he did like a juke like he was going to. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh I looked at him. They were, they were tweaking me on purpose. It was fun. Um, had a great crowd of people there to, uh, to talk about the consecration and to actually consecrate ourselves, our families, and that station to Jesus through Mary. We'd been preparing for that for about 33 days online and on our radio station there, just like we did here about a year and a half ago. So it was wonderful. Kind of great group of people there. The uh, Keith and I had renewed our consecration um, along with those uh, who are preparing for the diaconate. Uh, mm-hmm. Several two classes. Uh, Keith is. I don't even know if I've even talked about that on the radio. That yeah, my husband has been accepted into the diaconate process, and uh, God willing, he's referred to as the class of 2022 right yeah. now. Yeah. Along with the class of 2019 and Bishop Joe, uh, we were united in this repeating this consecration, and uh, we were able to go to uh, St. Mary's Cathedral on Saturday and nice. uh, perf- uh, renew our consecration there together, shoulder to shoulder. Oh my, it's such a beautiful, beautiful church mm-hmm. uh, alone. But to know, you know intellectually that we were united with people all over the world celebrating the wonderful feast of the annunciation and then yes. uh repeating our consecration to the blessed mother. Yeah, we we um had quite a few people all around our diocese and I I know our world doing the same thing and so it was a special day for all of us Catholics and a very bad day for the devil. So we were very happy to have that blessing and have the folks come out have some great pictures taken by uh, Mel, uh, Nelly, I'm sorry, Charles and Nelly Yezik from Marlin. And so we'll have a slideshow on our website here real soon with all those pictures of, of our blessing and dedication. But got gave people a tour of the site there, and it's just beautiful blue bonnets um, were out there. We were very grateful to have our board member, Jeff, and his wife, Patty, come out, uh, Blazik, from this area as well. Uh, my family came down from the Fort Worth area. So we had people literally from around the state come in to uh, celebrate what God has done through KYAR. So it's very exciting times. Um, A lot of things coming up, if you don't mind me mentioning real quick. Please do. Okay. Um, We do have, in just over three weeks, our very own Trey and Stephanie Cashin are going to be speaking at our first annual 
benefit dinner there in Central Texas. This is pretty important. Um, I'll, I'll be uh, real blunt, I guess. Let's our, do. Our funds are pretty low. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so this is a pretty critical uh, time for the Central Texas area. We've got our, our loan bill is, is due in. And so we need to collect as much funds from people's gifts that they can give. And this is going to be a primary way that we do that in each of our markets. Uh, we don't like to do on the air fund drives um, for our our local station. We know Relevant Radio has theirs quarterly, but we we don't do that on the air if we can help it. Um, so anyone that can come to that wonderful benefit dinner, enjoy some some wonderful beer and wine, an incredible dinner that we've got from a great caterer in that area. God bless America is the name of the theme of the uh, the event. And we're very excited about welcoming the Holy Spirit into our domestic church, whatever your domestic church looks like. That's what Trey and Stephanie are going to be talking about. And we're going to give you updates about our wonderful Red Sea Catholic radio station there. So uh, we've got a limited space there at Saint, um, sorry, Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Waco. The benefit tables are coming in. So if you want individual seats or tables, go to our website at redsearadio.org and uh, click on uh, Trey and Stephanie's picture and learn more about the benefit dinner. And what's the date again? Sorry, April 21st. I never said the date. It's going to be at 630 is when the doors open. And uh, we'll have some visiting there for the first half hour over uh, wonderful cocktails and, uh, I guess, beer and wine, not necessarily cocktails. And um, just enjoy great company from like-minded individuals that are great supporters of Red Sea Catholic Radio. Uh, It's wonderful to be in solidarity and know that uh, what we've experienced here locally with the radio Mm -hmm. um, over the past five years uh, continued growth and support here locally, and to just kind of see that being duplicated over there. Um, it's yeah. just so very exciting to know that uh, all of our efforts have uh, are bearing fruit. Yeah, and, and we're starting, you know, slowly there in the central Texas area, although Stephanie Lee, our station director there, has has done a great job making it a very local station. We've got quite a few public service announcements, but you know, we don't have a studio or a mailing address or an office staff there. Uh, we have everything yet. here yet. yet. Uh, we know how God moves things along. So, uh, but all that has to come with the financial blessings of our listeners. And so we invite all of you there in the Central Texas area to come April 21st. Uh, if you have any questions, go ahead and call my cell phone, 979-255-2633. Stephanie Lee's contact information is on the uh, website as well, redcradio.org. And you'll find all that information about our benefit dinner. But it's a lot of fun. It's not like most benefit dinners where, you know, it you come in, you sit down, you get a chance to visit with people from around the uh, the central Texas area, and get to to mingle in the in the group around the room. And and it's we're loose. It's, oh, I know, and I know it's, it's going to be um, very similar to our benefit mm-hmm. here. And and my experience is, you get there and you just feel the Holy Spirit oh, in yeah. the room. You feel um, a sense of purpose. You feel a sense of uh, just an atmosphere of positiveness and of solidarity. You can It's like a little microcosm of the universal church. Yeah. Kind of like a fun family reunion oh, without yes. all the, the family members you don't no want drama. to be around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's a quick benefit dinner, but it's real casual. It's a lot of fun. 
And it's going to be very upbeat, and, and uh, you'll get to, to meet Stephanie Lee, our station director, and myself, and anybody that can come from our board. Um, it's just going to be a lot of good good fun, good yeah. fellowship, and uh, good food. Just a great yeah, time. I'm so really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, RedSeaRadio.org forward slash benefit. also a couple from um, Waco that has also been accepted into the diaconate. Yeah, Robin way. Waters and his wife, Carolyn. Carolyn, yeah. So we've become fast friends and uh, see each other every other week. So we're uh, excited to support them in that way. Um, and as we get ready to move into our interview right. with uh, Tim Staples, um, I wanted to kind of connect the consecration mm-hmm. um, personally. Uh, when I knew that well, Keith and I were going to renew our consecration, I said this Judy kind of prayer of Lord, I, I, you know, Blessed Mother, help me. I really want to make this consecration um, very dedicated and powerful and uh, want to do a good job of it. And uh, for those of you who don't know, my father passed away a week ago. God rest his soul. Thank you. Um, And so needless to say, I probably did not do the readings daily very much and uh, felt so scattered Saturday when I was driving to Austin, knowing that we were going to go and make this consecration. And we got to the uh, cathedral, and they have this beautiful uh, program for us to follow. And we we read the consecration prayer from the St. Louis de Montfort uh, version of it. And um, I'm going to go to break as I read this, and um, we'll be able to revisit some of the support of the Blessed Mother. But it was so... um, obvious to me that it didn't matter what I put into it that the Blessed Mother made up for my indeed my weakness. And so um, this, this is just an excerpt of the consecration prayer. Okay. Ungrateful and faithless that I am, I have not kept the vows and the promises that I made so solemnly to you in my baptism. I have not fulfilled my obligations. I do not deserve to be called your child or even your slave. And as there is nothing in me that does not merit your rejection and your anger, I no longer dare to approach your holy and august majesty by myself. This is why I have recourse to the intercession and mercy of your most holy mother, whom you have given me as mediatrix before you, and it is through her that I hope to obtain from from you contrition and the pardon of my sins and the acquisition and preservation of wisdom. Amen. We'll be back in a few minutes to talk with Tim Staples. Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. We are uh, in the process of uh, <laughs> seeing Dennis's head spin around and make efforts to get a hold of Tim Staples. So, listeners, you're going to be stuck with me for a little while. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm your host, Judy Como. Today is a wonderful day that we're going to be talking about our Blessed Mother and her relationship with how she can help lead us closer to her son, um, Tim Staples, is going to be my guest. I trust 
that we will get a hold of him. And uh, we're going to be talking about his book, Behold Your Mother. It's a biblical and historical defense of the Marian doctrines. I guess I'm just going to introduce him. <laughs> I can tell people know, has heard, have heard the name Tim yeah, Staples don't, don't here. Don't introduce him yet. I'm trying to call his cell phone, and it just keeps just going dead, and his landline just keeps ringing. So Lord there might have be mercy. issues on the the phone lines between here and California. So say some prayers, listeners. How's that? Yeah, we uh, we could use some of those prayers this morning. Um, as I was. Uh, relating to our listeners, to you guys about um, Marian consecration, um, I've been very blessed to uh, be led to that consecration, um, which had a kind of a shaky start about six years ago. Um, at the time, we had a small group faith gathering uh, from Lent to Advent at different times, and we did book studies and Bible studies, and um, over time, our group dwindled a little bit to where it was my husband and um, my good friend, Barbara Swatek, and she said, uh, well, let's do this Marian consecration. Our friend John Valentino suggested a total consecration by St. Louis de Montfort, and uh, I have no problem admitting that it was very difficult for me. I, um, it's, it was just not something I, it was very foreign to me. And uh, I guess that was the beginning of realizing that you can't just pick up a devotion because it's good for someone else that, you know, uh, things like that need to, you need to be called to it and, uh, all in your, your time frame of when you're supposed to be doing something or, uh, learning from a devotion and, um, time move forward uh, to another opportunity and uh, experience the 33 days to morning glory by Father Michael Gately. And um, that was the, I'm trying to listen to Dennis talk and talk to y'all at the same time. This is a really very funny. Um, so I understand that we do have Tim on the line now and we're going to move into that section. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. How are you today? Doing well. How are you? I don't know. We're doing really good. I'm just so excited to uh, talk to uh, our Catholic radio royalty and rock star, Tim Staples, and um, <laughs> just so excited to uh, share your book, Behold Your Mother. Uh, before we get to that, tell us um, tell us about, I think that, who we are and where we came from makes our story so uh, much more interesting and, and valid to those who are hearing the about your book and things like that. So if you could catch us up on how you came to be this um, director of apologetics and evangelization at Catholic Answers and your conversion story. And uh, so let us let us hear a little bit about you. Sure. It was kind of a long and circuitous route to get to where I am. I was born and raised a Southern Baptist, and <clears throat> excuse me, I, I later became a youth minister in an Assemblies of God uh, ecclesial community, 
and let's just say from the from the time I was a kid, the last place I would have ever thought I would end up is in the Catholic faith. I mean, I I believed that Catholics were not Christians. You guys were idolaters, you know, worshiping Mary and 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 uh, you know, worshiping a cookie, as we used to say. <laughs> And all, all, you know, I I just thought that Catholic beliefs were as, about as crazy as as they come. So Catholicism wasn't even a thought in my mind as far as considering you know believing uh, what the Catholic Church teaches. But what happened to me was many years later, when I was serving in the United States Marine Corps, I met a young Catholic Marine who was the first Catholic I ever met who was ready, willing, and able to to share his faith, and he did. We had about a year-long argument that launched me into a t- two years intensive search for the truth, and and I set out really to disprove the Catholic faith, and that's basically how I became Catholic. And then after becoming Catholic, I spent six years uh, in formation for the Catholic priesthood. I discerned my calling was not to the priesthood. I left the seminary back in 1994. And four years later, in 98, I would meet my wife, um, who is now my wife and mother of our seven children. And I started working professionally in Catholic apologetics back in, hard to believe, uh, 1994. I can't believe it's been 23 years. (laughs) And uh, I worked for St. Joseph Radio and then for St. Joseph Communications. I came to Catholic Answers back in 2005 and it's just been uh, a marriage made in heaven. Catholic Answers has been just perfect for me, and here we are. Uh, and um, I'm traveling the world. In fact, I've been to five different continents. I can't tell you how many countries, and given thousands of talks defending our one holy Catholic and apostolic faith. Well, and we're grateful. Um, Catholic Answers may be perfect for you, but it's perfect for me and for our listeners that are uh, so blessed to um, listen to subjects, re-remember things, uh, relearn things that we uh, may have learned in the past, better equip ourselves to uh, have those conversations. And um, yeah. so it's, uh, it is a, a true blessing, uh, not only to me, but to our listeners, and a, a sure thank you. Um, you you kind of said a little bit of this, but the introduction of your book starts off like that. When I was on the outside looking into the Catholic Church, I truly believed that the emphasis on Mary in Catholic theology led to a loss of focus on Jesus. And my aim in speaking with Catholics was not only to debunk Catholic theology, many myths about Mary, but also to point them back to what really matters for salvation, and that's Jesus Christ. And so uh, that's a conversation that those of us um, who are encounter yes. um, other denominations or uh, different beliefs, um, that's, that's how we need to be equipped to have a better conversation with that. So um, did the Blessed Mother enter into your spirituality uh, early on or and, and it developed into this and yeah I, actually the blessed mother would be the final obstacle in my odyssey to the catholic faith mm-hmm. um and perhaps that's why i had the passion uh about our blessed mother to write the book because 
I was blown away, frankly, at the amount of biblical foundation Mm -hmm. that I found for the Marian dogmas as, again, as I said before, as as I was studying trying to disprove these things, uh, reading the Fathers of the Church, for example, really opened my eyes, and I saw Scripture like I'd never seen it before, especially through the Fathers. But I also came to realize, and I think this this may be the most important contribution I make with my book. I mean, as as my good friend Father Mitch Paquis says in his blurb on the back of my book, he says, Tim Staples respectfully but clearly answers every conceivable Protestant objection to Mary. And I, I appreciated Father Paquis saying that because that's what I set out to do. I wanted to answer every question that I once had. And even more, the questions I discovered in my in my research on on the Blessed Virgin Mary. But I think perhaps even more important is the fact that I demonstrate when it comes to all the Marian doctrines, and not just the big four, you know, the Mother of God, Immaculate Conception, Perpetual Virginia Assumption, but I also get into Mary's co-redemptrix, Mediatrix of All Grace, her queenship, and I show how each one of these Marian doctrines is crucial for our spiritual lives. And I think this is, this is an area where it, even some Catholics that I've talked to over the years are lacking, you know, not making the connection, seeing that the, the Marian doctrines is not just something we believe, it's, you know, Catholic optional, but these, these teachings are essential for our Christian faith. And if you miss it on these you are going to end up missing it on some very, very important Christological beliefs, as well as, like I said, uh, we're going to miss it on our own spiritual lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree. Um, I don't know <clears throat> if skipping to the mediatrix part of it is uh, jumping ahead of anything that you, any way you plan to talk about it, but um, that was really something that opened my eyes uh, as I. Uh, did my first consecration uh, to the Blessed Mother. I used the 33 Days to Morning Glory by Father Michael Gately. And, yeah. um, you know, for for my own personal faith life, I'm, uh, there are some things that I'm just, okay, look, I don't even need to know why. The church tells me I believe it. I can't explain it. I don't need to know why. But as I was moving through this uh, consecration and relying on, those who have gone before me that, you know, it's good enough for the popes. It's good enough for me but, uh, <laughs> the, to question um, when it got to the being the mediatrix and co-redemptress. I was kind of like, ooh, now this is getting <laughs> I, I never yeah. thought of it that way. And um, it was a little hard for me to accept. But as the spouse of the Holy Spirit. It started yeah. to make more sense. So maybe you could um, speak more sure. to that part of it. Sure. You know, in in the book, as you know, in the section on on Mary's role in God's plan of salvation, I actually begin with a whole chapter on God's plan of salvation. I find, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> just getting over a cold here. Mm, um, I find that. Um, if you want to understand Mary's role in God's plan of salvation, you first have to understand God's plan of salvation. Yes, sir. And so, yeah, I begin with the 
crucial, crucial understanding that all of us as Christians are, in a sense, co-redeemers. That is, we are called by God to cooperate with God in salvation, and not only our, our own salvation, but also the salvation of others. As, for example, St. <clears throat> Paul talks about to, to a young uh, priest, bishop, that he had ordained, Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4.16, he says, Timothy, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, for in so doing, you will both save yourself and them that hear thee. So we see here that by cooperating with God's grace, now he's talking about Timothy in his role as a priest, but all of us in whatever vocation God has called us to, by cooperating with God's grace where we are, we save our own souls, meaning, you know, not that somehow we're a savior, we're, we're not, Jesus saves us, but because we must cooperate with God's grace, we have a secondary role to play. We say that Jesus Christ, of course, God is the first cause of our salvation, but we are the secondary causes of, our, of the salvation of ourselves as well as others by that cooperation with grace. Well, Mary is simply the, the ultimate example of this truth. She is, to a degree, of course, that you and I will never, can never, hope to aspire to because she has a particular role, a unique role in salvation history in that she alone was called to bring the entire Christ to the entire world. And and perhaps we, we see that most profoundly in Luke chapter 1 verses 37 and 38 when the angel Gabriel came down and came down and announced to the Blessed Mother that she was, in fact, called to be the mother of the Son of God, the Messiah, who, in verse 33, it says, whose kingdom will have no end. And then Mary responds, how shall this be, for I know not man? Of course, she asks a very important question there. The, the question betrays her vow of virginity, as St. Augustine said. The question betrays the vow. Uh, she, of course, is already married. She's the spouse already of St. Joseph. And yet, when the angel says, you're going to have this child, Mary says, how shall this be? For I know not men, which indicates to us that Mary has a unique situation with Joseph. She's not planning on conjugal relations. She has a vow of virginity. And so the, the Holy Spirit through the angel answers the question and says, this is how you're going to give birth. The power of the Most High will overshadow thee. Therefore, that Holy One which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And this is the sixth month with your cousin Elizabeth who was called barren, for nothing shall be impossible with God. As I point out in the book here, actually the Greek text reads, uh, every word of God shall not be impossible. In other words, uh, the, the angel says to Mary, every word of God is possible to be fulfilled, referring to all the prophecies of the Old Testament, the tradition of the Old Testament, that prophesied the coming of the Messiah, the Savior, all of that was contingent upon the response of this 14-year-old, most likely 14 or 15-year-old little Jewish girl. And when she then responds, let it be done unto me according to thy word. Notice the angel says, every word of God is possible. Mary says, let it be done unto me according to thy word. When she responds with her uh, profound yes, 
let it be. That is precisely when the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and you and I could be saved as a result. There we see in the most profound way, perhaps now, this continues throughout our Blessed Mother's life in relationship with Jesus at the wedding feast of Cana, at the foot of the cross, you know, uh, praying for the coming of the Holy Spirit in Acts 1. I go through all of that, and Revelation 12, we see Mary's role that that began in the mind of God from all eternity and and continues into eternity until the end of time as as the woman who cooperates with God to bring salvation to us all. But here in Luke chapter 1, it's when Mary says, let it be that Christ is incarnate as as a result of her Yes, there we see it in a profound way. See, you and I are called to bring Jesus to people around us. I'm called to bring Jesus to my kids through my apostolate and such. But Mary uniquely, as I said before, brings the whole Christ to the whole world through her. Yes, there we see a particular and unique role that Mary plays that no one else ever could, ever, obviously ever will again. Hence, we have that special title of co-redemptrix for Mary to indicate that, that though the difference between Mary and us is a matter of degree, it's not a matter of essence, because she's, she's fully human just like we are, she, she plays a role that is absolutely unique and unrepeatable. Hence, she has a unique honor. Wow. <laughs> That's so much to take in in uh, a short amount of time. Uh, and that chapter goes on and uh, has so many biblical references uh, to support everything uh, that we were discussing. Um, Tim, um, I'm sure there's lots of things within the book that you want to highlight in, in our conversation. But as we look forward to two weeks from now to enter into Holy Week and uh, beginning with Palm Sunday, and um, can you kind of... Walk us through some of that uh, and relate it with the Blessed Mother and some. Oh, absolutely. In fact, in that same section on Mary's role in God's plan of salvation, I highlight um, Luke chapter 2, verses 34 and 35, that I think are so appropriate to this particular season on the church calendar. This, of course, is the famous scene where Simeon the prophet encounters the Holy Family when they are uh, faithfully presenting the child Jesus in the temple. And Simeon had received a word. Now, he's a prophet, and he had received a word from God that he would not die until he sees the promised Messiah. And when he sees the Holy Family, the Spirit speaks to his heart and says, that's the child. And he approaches the child and and Mary, his mother, and Joseph, who, who was there, And he says to the mother, to Mary, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. And he is set to be a a sign of contradiction which shall be spoken against. Now, of course, that's a reference to the cross, the ultimate sign of contradiction, foolishness to the Greeks, a stumbling block to the Jew, but our salvation. He says this child is set to be a or for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and to be a sign of contradiction which shall be 
spoken against. Now, that's referring to the cross and the fact that her child would suffer and die for the salvation of all. But then in that same breath, he then turns to the mother, to Mary, and says, And a sword will pierce your soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts will be manifest. So, who are these many that's being referred to? Well, that's all of the, of the saved. That's referring to, again, the crucifixion and death of our Lord, which, of course, was for all, and in a special way for those who would respond to it, because Christ would be our Passover lamb. He would be our Passover sacrifice, as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7. And so... You know, the Holy Spirit here is referring to the fact that just as Jesus would suffer and die for the salvation of all, Mary would suffer as well, but not bodily. Notice it says a sword would pierce her soul, not her body. We we refer to Mary, our Blessed Mother as the queen of martyrs in our tradition. Why would that be? Because she's, she wasn't martyred. Well, she was. She's not a red martyr. She didn't, uh, you know, she wasn't killed bodily or, or didn't suffer martyr, martyrdom bodily, but she is a white martyr. She's the ultimate martyr because, as, as the, the prophet says here, a sword pierced her soul that the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. This refers to prophetically, of course, the foot of the cross where the sacred heart of Jesus would join with the Immaculate Heart of Mary, in a suffering that's beyond anything we can fathom. In fact, in Salvafici Dolores, Pope St. John Paul the Great, I believe that's in paragraph 25, I, I have it referenced in the book, talks about how that the sufferings of Mary there at the foot of the cross are so intimately and intricately woven together with the sufferings of Jesus that they became a participation in the, the redemption of all. There we have Pope St. John Paul talking about Mary as co-redemptrix. She, in the passion of our Lord, she suffered, in fact, more than all the martyrs combined, because as you and I know, suffering first and foremost occurs in the, in the soul, and it's a much more profound suffering than any bodily suffering. I mean, the body can shut down. With, with serious suffering, but a heart that loves can never shut down. Her suffering was so profound, as Pope St. John Paul says, it became a participation in the salvation of all. Well, all of us are called, especially in this Lenten season, in preparation for Easter, to join our sufferings, just as Mary did at the foot of the cross. We're called to join our sufferings with the sufferings of our Lord, and in so doing, we participate in our own salvation, first and foremost, as well as we become what St. Paul describes in Colossians chapter 124, when he says, I fill up that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ in my body for his body, which is the church. What Paul describes in, in 2 Corinthians 1, 6, he says, if I suffer, it is for your salvation, he says to the Corinthians. Yeah, I find that... Uh, Sorry. What Lent's all about. It's a, a very difficult passage to uh, grasp that Jesus' suffering would not be complete. That yeah. that makes, you know, how could that not be complete? Exactly. I'm just going to ask you well, to repeat that one more time because I know Thursday <laughs> at Bible study we're going to be talking about it again. 
Yes, Colossians one twenty four. I fill up that which is lacking in the sufferings of Christ in my body, that is, in his bodily suffering, for his body, which is the church. Now, of course, we know as Catholics that Christ's sacrifice on the objective level is of an infinite dignity. There is no lack whatsoever when we look at the objective reality of Christ's sacrifice. Because of the fact that he is both God and man, as God, his sacrifice has an infinite dignity, and as man, he makes fitting sacrifice for, for mankind. So there's nothing lacking on the objective level. So what we say in Catholic theology is what's lacking is the application of that infinite sacrifice into our lives. In order for that to happen, we must, as, as I said before, we must cooperate with what Christ did for us. And not only for our own salvation, but the salvation of others as well. And that's why St. Paul very importantly says, I fill up that which is lacking in Christ's sufferings in my body for his body, which is the church. He's focusing there on the fact that God, and, and by the way, the Catechism of the Catholic Church in paragraph 2010 makes this point, that God has deigned, he has willed for you and I, for human beings, to be cooperators with him in the salvation of souls. Mary is simply the ultimate example. She's the icon. And in that sense, she's our hope. We look to her to see that God's grace has been already perfected in her. She's an icon for us to show us what we are called to do. In Mary, we see our own dignity. Ooh, amen. <laughs> And she's there with us as we strive to grow more like her. She helps us in that, in that process. Very yeah. beautiful. Um, and uh, an another aspect that I'd, I'd like to ask you to elaborate about Holy Week is um, on, on Holy Thursday um, and how, how, that, uh, how Mary assisted uh, at that time the institution of the Eucharist, the the image of Jesus washing the feet in service. Yes. Yes. Uh, of, of course, our, our Blessed Mother um, walks with Jesus. You know, First Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 21, talks about how we are called to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ, who, though he was a son, he was beaten and, and ultimately there, verse 24 tells us, by his stripes we were healed. We are called to walk in his footsteps. And so, so that in a mystical sense, by our stripes, right, mm -hmm. our sufferings, others are healed. Mary walked that path before us. She experienced the passion in a way. And I have to tell you, this time of the year, my wife and I every year watch the Passion of the Christ, the masterpiece, the Mel Gibson masterpiece. I, I agree one one hundred percent. I'm a youth minister at St. Anthony's Church here in Bryan, and for yeah. 15 years, our youth group has done a live version of the Stations of the Cross, and we walk about a three mile walk throughout the neighborhood. Oh, beautiful! And um, uh, I think that a lot of things in our Catholic faith we take for granted that you know it's in the bulletin. You should do the Stations of the Cross. Yes. But if you don't grow up with that devotion, it kind of falls on deaf ears. 
And uh, so to try to teach high schoolers who may have never even participated in the Stations of the Cross, uh, we yeah. utilize an edited version of the Passion of Christ. And uh, yeah. to show them this is what we're doing, this is what we're going to act out, and it's not a play, it's a prayer, and to participate yeah. in that. And um, for me personally, the Blessed Mother's role in that movie was done yeah. so beautifully, and it just, like, it seems as you got to the point where I can't look anymore, I can't take it, how can I yeah. not? And to yeah. see her so beautifully portrayed in that movie, it was like, you know, it would be there just in time to know that I'm here with you. I was here yeah. with him, and I'm here with you. Absolutely. And, and you know, the Blessed Mother can lead us in the Stations of the Cross if we will ask her to, because no one, as I said before, experienced the Passion like our Blessed Mother. And so she can help us through her intercession to enter more deeply into the passion as we uh, enter into this great mystery and preparation for Easter. I, I loved in that movie, well, there's so much that yeah. I loved in that movie, but the way that Mel Gibson brought out the enmity between the devil and the Blessed Mother that, of course, was prophesied from Genesis 3.15 right after the fall God goes right to the devil who thought he had won because he he <laughs> succeeded in tempting the first Eve, right, uh, to fall. And then she, through her womanly intercession, right, her intercessory powers, she brings her husband death as well and then all of her offspring. And, of course, Satan thinks he has won the victory, but God very quickly brings the word right to his face when he says, behold. Um, and and he talks about there, in that prophecy that we call the Proto-Evangelium, I will place enmity between thee and the woman, between thy seed and her seed. Who is this woman? <laughs> of course, it's the new Eve, the Blessed Virgin Mary. But notice, the devil has a particular, uh, in a sense, a singular hatred for the woman, and there's this enmity. Why? Because the devil knew from all eternity. In fact, I bring this out in the book, how that there, there's a, a, a tradition in the church that the fall in Revelation chapter 12 comes about because God reveals to all of the angels his plan to be incarnate, to become a man, and through that incarnation, to exalt human nature even above the angels. And all the angels of God rejoiced except for Lucifer. He couldn't stand the thought of God creating this inferior human nature and then exalting that inferior nature even above him. And that was the impetus that led to the fall and him deceiving or leading one-third of the angels into that cataclysmic fall that we see depicted in Revelation 12. But in Revelation 12, you'll notice that the fall happens after the revelation of the incarnation. He sees the woman crowned with a crown of 12 stars, her feet under the, uh, the moon under her feet, and she, she gives birth to the Messiah, and it's then that we see the fall. What in the world? What, what's going on here? Well, that, there's a keen insight there. 
it was because of that that revelation that was the impetus uh, that caused the devil to fall. And then you'll notice when he falls, what does he do? Immediately, mm-hmm. he sets out after the woman. And when he can't, in verse 13 and down to 17, when he can't get the woman, unlike the first woman he was able to deceive, in Revelation 12, he can't get to the woman. And so his hatred continues in all of her offspring, in Revelation 17 says. That's all of us. I think Mel Gibson so profoundly brings this out the way when Jesus is on his way to the cross, we Absolutely. see Mary walking, and we see the devil walking, and he's looking right at the Blessed Virgin Mary, who sees him, but then you know looks at him very briefly and then looks back to her son. Just, Just so, and, profound but image. the power and the strength of her uh, gaze, yeah. you know, there's like what my daughter would refer to as mean mugging. Uh, <laughs> um, isn't it, isn't uh, it in, incredible? And yet, so we see there so profoundly first that enmity, the hatred for the Blessed Mother, and the fact that there is that enmity, it's, it's definitely Mary looks right back at him. But you'll notice there's absolutely no fear of him not whatsoever. Not because her gaze then turns back to her son, which is her focus. Do whatever he tells you. And, and leads us to do the same. Uh, Tim, yes. as I knew, this time has flown by. Uh, we have just a few, minute, few seconds to uh, close up. So is there a thought that you'd like to leave us with? You know what? I'd like to encourage folks, get a hold of the book, Behold Your Mother. Uh, you can get it at Amazon.com. You can get it at Catholic.com. Um, it, it would be great reading for any time of the year, but I think in particular this time of the year. But I would encourage everyone to remember our Blessed Mother this Lenten season. Pray to her. Ask her to help you to enter more deeply into her son's passion. And I guarantee you, her prayers will work. I agree. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you, listeners, for being here with us. And as we go through our day... Remember that when choosing between the values of earth and the values of heaven, always round up.